0: everyone. My name is Ari and welcome to Made of Metal, a motivational podcast where we tell stories about regular people overcoming insurmountable odds. So uh, first of all, let me apologize because if I sound a little weird, I had a really great weekend. So I was doing a lot of yelling, uh, but good yelling, fun yelling. So (laughs) my voice is just a little, little strained. So thank you for bearing with me. But it was a great time. So yeah, (laughs) but I was really excited to get back here and start recording. Really excited to share this story in a shocking twist. This is someone who I've always loved and admired, but didn't know much about in terms of the finer details of their life. I really, really enjoyed learning about this figure. And now I'm so excited to share their awe-inspiring story with you. To me, this person has always represented a strong, powerful, and thought-provoking figure in the arts. This individual established themselves in a community that was historically male-dominated and quite difficult to break into, even for those with all the right connections. This individual sparked dynamic debates about important issues affecting marginalized groups using their platform and voice to further the agenda of those who were usually silenced. They were a creative powerhouse, full of prolific vision, carving out space for themselves in the most beautiful way they knew how. So today we will be discussing the remarkable, the radiant, the renowned Frida Kahlo. So let's get right into it. Frida Kahlo was born on July 6, 1907 in Mexico City, Mexico. And I love beautiful, unique names, so I have to share Frida's full name. Frida's full name was Magdalena Carmen Frida Kahlo y Codron. Frida's mother was Mexican of Native American and Spanish descent while her father was German of Hungarian descent. Frida's father was a photographer who met her mother after he'd immigrated to Mexico. Frida and her father had a close bond, with Frida spending much time with him in his studio, watching him work and develop photos. Frida was the third of four siblings with two older sisters and one younger sister. Frida unfortunately suffered an enormous hardship when she was young and contracted polio at the tender age of six. Due to the severity of the disease, Frida was completely immobilized and bedridden for more than six months. Frida developed a limp that she would have for the rest of her life. This would mark the beginning of a long history of hospitalizations and health issues for Frida. Her family was involved and engaged with her care, with her father encouraging Frida to take up sports such as wrestling and soccer. Playing sports was meant to help Frida with her recovery, essentially a rigorous physical therapy program. Frida displayed a significant amount of determination early on, not allowing her illness to limit her interests and pursuits. Frida was always intelligent and interested in academics, with a particular focus on science and medicine. Frida attended the National Preparatory School, a prestigious school at the University of Mexico in 1922. While going to school, Frida earned the reputation as being a person with an upbeat, cheerful and friendly personality who showed an obvious affinity for bold fashion and jewelry. Frida had radical political interests and was able to connect with a group of like-minded students while attending school. This group was influential in further encouraging Frida to pursue social activism. While at school, Frida joined the Mexican Communist Party as well as the Young Communist League. Frida also suffered a devastating event that would change her life forever. While traveling with a lover, Frida was involved in a bad accident when a car hit the bus they were traveling on in September of 1925. Frida's injuries were extensive and horrific. She was impaled by a handrail, which resulted in fractures in her pelvis as well as her spine. Frida was hospitalized for more than several weeks while she recovered from the accident. It was during this tumultuous period where Frida first began her journey into painting in the arts. Frida painted during her recovery and eventually finished her first self-portrait during this time. Marriage is a pivotal step for anybody, but Frida's marriage would become a major milestone in her life and iconic in history. Frida first met her future husband, the famous Mexican painter Diego Rivera, at her high school in 1922. Diego was creating a mural in the school's auditorium and Frida would often visit, looking on admiringly. Some of Frida's friends remarked that Frida shared her feelings for Diego, saying that she would have his children in the future. Diego and Frida officially started their relationship in 1928 after reconnecting. Diego was a mentor and one of Frida's early supporters in her artwork. As they were establishing their relationship, Diego and Frida would travel together based on where Diego would receive his commissions. Frida and Diego were living in San Francisco, then traveled to New York City for a show at the Museum of Modern Art, eventually ending up in Detroit for a commission with the Detroit Institute of Arts. In 1933, while in New York, Frida and Diego stirred up some compelling controversy surrounding his commission. Diego was commissioned by Nelson Rockefeller to create a mural titled Man at the Crossroads. The mural was located at the RCA building in the Rockefeller Center, a prominent and distinguished landmark in New York City. Diego created the mural, but included a portrait of Vladimir Lenin, a Russian communist in the work. This caused Rockefeller to demand Diego halt work on the project and had the mural painted over. This is just a glimpse into the similarities and ideologies shared between Diego and Frida. They both shared support for communist principles and unusual relationship practices outside of the norms expected at the time for a husband and a wife. One example of this unique relationship style was that Frida and Diego held separate homes in Mexico that had adjoining studios. Frida and Diego had marital issues after some time. Diego engaged in multiple affairs, which, of course, upset Frida. One such affair was with Frida's sister. Once Frida learned of this betrayal, she responded by cutting off her iconic long black hair. Sadly, Frida suffered further family struggles as she would have several difficult miscarriages when trying to have children. Her work touches on this part of her life in her painting, My Birth, which showcases a woman giving birth. Frida and Diego would have additional marital issues stemming from multiple infidelities on both sides going through periods of separation. In 1937, Frida and Diego did come together to help a communist couple who had been exiled by the Soviet Union, Leon and Natalia Trotsky. The couple stayed at the house with Frida while they sought asylum in Mexico. Leon Trotsky was a longtime political opponent of Joseph Stalin and lived his life in constant fear of assassination. It was rumored that Frida and Leon engaged in a brief affair during this time. Frida and Diego would get divorced in 1939, but not for long. The two would remarry the following year in 1940. It was also reported that although the couple stayed together for many years, they led separate lives and had several other romantic partners. It was a hallmark of their unorthodox relationship, as both were known to be open with their lovers, regardless of how it was portrayed in public opinion. Around 1939, Frida also began to connect with other prominent artistic figures in the community, in particular, Andre Breton. Thanks to the support of the art community, Frida also featured her own paintings in her first major solo exhibition at a New York City gallery. Frida sold half the paintings that were showcased, in addition to receiving a commission from the famous editor Claire Booth-Luce. Around this time, Frida moved to Paris to live, where she also held another exhibition in Paris galleries, connecting with artists such as Pablo Picasso. It's so amazing to me that a brilliant mind like Frida Kahlo was able to connect with someone equally amazing as Pablo Picasso. As Frida continued her progress in her own art career, buzz began to generate over her work. In 1941, Frida was commissioned by her own home of Mexico to create five portraits of prominent and impactful Mexican women. Unfortunately, Frida was unable to finish the commission as her father passed away and managing her chronic health issues began taking a larger toll on her mental, physical, and emotional daily life. During this period, Frida's popularity continued to flourish and grow. Frida had established herself as a figure of exceptional style, opinionated and open. Frida believed that women too had a voice and refused to allow herself to become overshadowed by her husband. Frida would not allow her ailments to prevent her from participating in her solo exhibition, especially after all the hard work it took to reach the position she was in. To be taken seriously enough to have a gallery exhibition was no small feat, especially for a disabled ethnic woman artist. She arrived at her first solo exhibition by ambulance and entertained guests while hosting the gallery celebration from a four-postal bed that she'd requested to have set up in the lobby. Frida enjoyed an almost cult-like following with her work and would continue to live her life in such a way that people admired and were fascinated by. Her paintings were often self-portraits, depicting her own interpretations of her world. Some of her work would feature herself and others, such as one of her most famous works titled Frida and Diego. In this work, Frida stands beside Diego, holding his hand while he holds a paintbrush and palette in the other. In another work titled The Two Fridas, Frida painted two different self-portraits standing side by side. Each version of Frida has her chest open and the heart exposed, with one having a damaged heart and the other heart fully intact. A third famous painting by Frida was her work titled The Broken Column. In this painting, Frida is nearly nude and depicts herself as being split down the middle with a shattered spinal column and her whole body covered in nails. Frida used her artwork as an extension of her own voice, showing herself to be expressive, brash, and bold. She did not shy away from the grittier side of life, taking care to use her art as a way of highlighting personal issues that were not as easily expressed. Frida's work would have several themes from personal identity to feminism to family. In Frida's later years, her health issues began to worsen, creating even more pain in her daily life. Around 1950, Frida contracted gangrene in her foot and was hospitalized for more than six months. During this time, Frida did continue to participate in her activism and painting. Shortly after contracting gangrene, Frida had her leg amputated in 1953. With several operations and mounting health issues, Frida entered a period of deep depression. In 1954, Frida was readmitted to the hospital with pneumonia. Despite her health issues, Frida would have her final public appearance at a protest Against President Jacobo Arbenz on July 2, 1954. A little more than a week later, Frida passed away on July 13, 1954, at the age of 47. There was some controversy surrounding her death, but it was reported Frida died due to her pulmonary embolism. After Frida's passing, her house was converted into a living museum by her husband, immortalizing her incredible style and individuality. Frida lived out loud, embraced the bizarre, and walked her own path. Her art inspired and moved so many, especially those who may have otherwise felt overlooked, underrepresented, and invisible. To put it simply, Frida was a feminist icon. Frida did not allow any limitations imposed by either society or her own body to stop her from doing what she wanted. We were lucky to be graced with the art and genius that is Frida Kahlo, paving the way for years to come. Now, this quote from Frida just may become one of my most favorite quotes of all time. I can tell right off the bat that me and her would have been best friends. Easy. (laughs) I used to think I was the strangest person in the world. But then I thought, there are so many people in the world. There must be someone just like me who feels bizarre and flawed in the same ways I do. I would imagine her and imagine that she must be out there thinking of me too. Well, I hope that if you are out there and read this, know that yes, It's true. I'm here, and I'm just as strange as you. You can follow Made of Metal podcast on Facebook and Instagram. That's made of metal, M-E-T-T-L-E. If you'd like to support, please review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'll be starting a Patreon And we'll be offering live chats, bonus episodes, and early releases. So stay tuned. (laughs) And as always, thank you so much for listening. And bloom where you are planted.